0: It was May 6th, 2014, and I was standing in this place called the Googleplex. And it was a beautiful, warm day. And I started learning about this company that turns out is one of the biggest cultural and financial forces in the world today. And I just had to learn more about this company. Of course, I'm talking about Alphabet, better known as Google. Welcome to Stock Stories. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Stock Stories, the show where we decode the business behind the stock. Hi, I'm Alex Mason. I'm your stock storyteller. When my wife and I were in our early 20s, we didn't know anything about investing. And we went from that to becoming financially independent by 30 years old. And my goal here with the show is to empower you with the knowledge and skills you need to successfully invest in the stock market. So this is a show that explores the fundamentals of how businesses work and teaches you to become a better thinker. I'm studying every company in S&P 500 and more. So if you're ready, let's get into today's episode. All right, the way that these episodes are structured is that First, we're going to do just a brief overview of the company just to make sure that you're familiar with it. Then we're going to walk through the history of the company because I believe that providing the proper context for potential investments is really important. And then we're going to look at the business as it is today. And then we'll wrap up with a couple of different points that I've learned from my analysis that I think are important to know if you're thinking about investing in this company. So let's go ahead and talk about Google now. So everybody knows about Google and its parent company is actually named Alphabet. And Google has this near monopoly on search. So what is search? Search is people trying to find information and answers on the Internet And Google has been consistently progressing with its goal of organizing the world's information for over 20 years now. They've been doing this for a long time. And though many of its smaller projects have yet to result in significant profits, the company has made a lot of smart moves. They bought YouTube. They invented Gmail. They invented Google Maps. And they have so many other products. Now, the fact that Google can invest so much in all these unprofitable products And develop them for years that's a testament to me of how much of a cash machine their advertising business is and with a market capitalization of over two trillion dollars I wouldn't expect to like vastly outperform the market with the stock at this point but I do think that you could outperform the market because the company's monopoly on search means it has just basically created this cash machine and the ability to pile up large amounts of cash makes it pretty attractive. So it's definitely one of the most successful companies out there. And in addition, even just modest monetization of some of its assets that are now given away for free could add a lot to the bottom line. So let's turn our attention now to how Google got started. Where did this all come from? How did Google even come to exist? Well, it started with two guys. One, his name was Sergi Brin, and the other, Larry Page. And they were PhD students at Stanford back in the late 1990s. And what they wanted to do was create some kind of a website that could track and organize information about other websites, which was a search engine. Now, a lot of search engines existed at the time. It was kind of this new experimental frontier in internet technology. But the problem with these other search engines was they were really simple. All they did was kind of aggregate the different websites that existed and then list the results by how many times the search term that you put in appeared on the page. So obviously, sometimes this is helpful, but sometimes you just get completely irrelevant information. It's like if I was searching for apples and then someone created a website and put the word apple a thousand times on the homepage, that result would come up first, (laughs) whether or not it's actually the most helpful to me if I'm trying to learn about apples. So you see what I'm saying? So what Bryn and Paige ended up doing was they said, you know what, these other search engines aren't really doing things that great. Let's create something better. And they created this algorithm Called Backrub. And this was back in 1996. And what Backrub did was it ranked your search results based on how many other websites linked to them. And that was basically this clever way of highlighting a website's authority and trust. Because if a lot of websites are linking to your website, then that's an indication of social proof, right? People obviously care more about what you have to say than the other guy who. Has a website that nobody is linking to. And this algorithm became very successful and eventually evolved into what became known as Google's PageRank algorithm. And it functions basically on the same philosophy today, but of course, it's far more sophisticated and advanced now. And so the company came to be known as Google. Now, what the heck is a Google? Like, where did they come up with this? Well, a Google, and that's spelled G-O-O-G-O-L, that's a mathematical term, meaning a one followed by a hundred zeros. And it's meant to signify the aspiration to display a lot of information. So they named this company Google because they were like, this is a information-focused company. We're going to organize the world's knowledge on the internet. So it's pretty cool now once the company began to grow it started to achieve significant scale and that became something super valuable because now the internet is spreading to all these homes across the united states and in other parts of the world and people are connecting and they're searching for things and they're starting to create websites and remember this is the late 90s early 2000s so the internet is starting to spread like wildfire and all these other search engines are competing for people's attention as far as how people actually search for things. And Google was clearly the winner, and it started to take market share away from all these other search engines. And that's how Google started to become an asset to advertisers. Now, advertisers, they wanted their search results. They wanted their websites to appear first on the platform. So what they would do is they'd pay Google for this privilege. And this was Google's first revenue stream ever. And to this day, it still remains the most important source of cash for Google. Now, as the internet became more mainstream and started spreading to millions of people, Google maintained its dominance as the number one search engine. And so they were able to massively increase revenue and profits. Now, think about this. If you are the number one company in a fast, fast, fast growing industry, yeah you're gonna rake in a lot of money now by 2004 the company went public and then google started having all kinds of innovations over the next decade and beyond all the way up to today and some of the things that it created were things that were helpful in other areas of the internet as the internet evolved google evolved and these were things like gmail google maps and so many other things The next thing you'll want to know is that I am very much enjoying making this episode for you. So, if you're getting value out of this episode, I would be very grateful if you took one second to just tap that like button. Thank you so much. Now, Alphabet in its current form is a group of companies. A lot of people simply think of Google, but that's just the original and it is still the most important operating company within the alphabet umbrella of companies now founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin they're still involved with running the company many decades later and what they do is they basically they're the managers they oversee management and then also money related decisions but they've hired different CEOs for the different business units to run things like Google and then YouTube and other businesses now aside from Google They have other large brands and companies that are owned by Alphabet. And these include things like there's a company called Calico, which is a biotech company. They own Nest, which is a home products company, like those smart thermostats that people have in their homes now. And then there's many other things. Now, all of these other companies are collectively referred to as other bets. But really, there are three main businesses that Alphabet has there is Google services, Google Cloud, and then other bets. So let's talk about each of these for a moment. So Google services is what you think of when you think of Google. Whenever you search for something on the internet, you're likely using Google's search engine in one form or another, whether it's on your phone, laptop, or other device. Now, when you're searching for something, advertisers are paying Google to show up based on whatever keywords you type. For example, if you were to search for best natural dog food, Google immediately displays ads of different dog food products at the top of the page. So this started out as simple text-based ads. But over the years, it's become more and more sophisticated. So now, when you Google things, there are images, there are videos, there are even snippets of websites that appear at the top of search results. Google has gotten incredibly good at figuring out what you are looking for and displaying that type of content in some form of rich media content. So companies compete based on these keywords in order to show up first. That's where most people's attention goes. (laughs) Okay, so can you honestly remember the last time that you looked at the second or third page of Google search results? Yeah, I don't think I can remember myself either. Because as humans, we are wired to search for the absolute easiest and quickest path to whatever our solution is, based on what we're trying to solve. So over the years, Google has become amazingly good at that. Within the first page of results, you're pretty likely to pick something that you think is gonna answer your question. Take YouTube, for example. There's a pretty good chance that you are watching this episode on YouTube. YouTube generates ad revenue when people watch videos. And businesses pay for their ads to be placed on certain types of videos. And then that revenue is split between Google and then the owner of the YouTube channel. Now, Google services involves other products, too, more than just the search engine itself. So this includes things like the Chrome browser, which is another one, the Android operating system. That's a huge one. I mean, Google has its own line of phones, the Google Pixel, and also things like Google Chromecast, that lets you stream shows and movies. So Google has its hand in all these different areas of the internet, and that's how they make the bulk of their money. Let's talk now about Google Cloud. This is where all of Google's other products live. So more specifically, this is part of the business that's focused on serving people like software developers and other businesses. So for example, with the product Google Workspace, You can collaborate with your team by using cloud stores to edit or create different documents. And developers can create applications using Google's cloud software. Cloud software is big business these days. You've got a lot of companies that are into it, companies like Microsoft and Amazon, et cetera. And Google is no exception. They're really big in the cloud space also. Now, businesses pay this ongoing subscription fee in order to use these types of services then you have the other bet segment this is where things like google smart speakers or the life sciences division known as verily come into play now one of the most exciting companies within this other bet segment in my opinion is a company called waymo and if you never heard of waymo this is a subsidiary that is developing self-driving cars and Projects using these technologies have been underway for many years now, actually, but they're finally starting to bear fruit. For example, in the Phoenix area in Chandler, Arizona, Waymo is currently operating a publicly available self-driving car without backup safety drivers. (laughs) And this is pretty cool because I didn't know this until I was doing research for this episode, but then I learned that yes, Google is indeed actually operating self-driving cars right now. Although in an incredibly limited capacity, this is real, people. This is real, and it's starting to be rolled out, and I believe will only become a bigger and bigger technology going forward. So this could be really big for them, potentially. And then the company has also already partnered with large auto companies like Jaguar, Volvo, and Nissan to begin integrating this technology in new vehicles. Waymo doesn't necessarily want to create the car from scratch, They just want to make the technology that allows automakers and auto manufacturers who are already good at making cars to be self-driving. The thing about this other bet segment is that Alphabet doesn't give a whole lot of info on the breakdown of revenue or profits of specific businesses. So we just have to look at segment level data, unfortunately. But that's the third part of Google's business. that we've covered a lot of ground as far as understanding what Alphabet is, what Google is, and where they come from, let's talk about a few key points about the business today that we should think about as potential investors. So first of all, this business is all about advertising. This is an advertising business. Alphabet and Google really, as far as economically, They're an advertising business. They're an advertising agency. It's all about advertising. Their way that they make money is they create all these different services and powerful tools on the internet for you and I to use. And then because of the vast amount of attention and eyeballs that we give to Google, that's when advertisers say, hey, I want to be on the top of those results, whether it's a YouTube video or regular Google search or, any number of advertising platforms within Google's realm on the internet, advertisers are willing to pay money to get seen, and that's the main way that they make money. So by far, it's still the largest segment of Alphabet is Google Search, and it's massively profitable. So 80% of the entire business revenue comes from Google Ads. And for example, YouTube ads as a subset That's one form of ads, and they alone have grown to about 10% of revenue. So this is a big area that Google makes money in. So if Google can continue to find ways to keep your attention, then they can continue to sell more ads. Another thing that you should know about this company is that it produces a massive amount of cash with total cash balances rising to over $142 billion. Let me say that again. Google has over $142 billion in cash. That means it could literally buy out not just businesses, but it could buy out entire industries just based on its cash balances alone. This is a lot of earnings power and a lot of liquidity. Now the company, as far as debt, it only has about $13 billion in debt, So it's pretty conservatively capitalized. Now, the market capitalization, which is the share price multiplied by the number of shares that exists, which tells you basically how valuable the company is overall. It's over two trillion dollars right now. So even with that huge, massive size that Google is and Google stock is, if Alphabet was to use its entire cash balance to buy back its own stock, it would reduce the share count of the company by over 7%. That's how much cash they have. So this is a powerful asset for Alphabet going forward. I also want to mention here that Google Maps, in particular, I think is an underappreciated asset of Alphabet. Now, Google Maps may not know that it's currently being used by one billion people every month one billion people <laughs> so if alphabet charged just one dollar per month for this service it would immediately create twelve billion dollars per year in additional revenue think about that would you be willing to pay a dollar a month for Google Maps I mean think about your alternatives okay maybe if you have an iPhone you'll use Apple Maps but Really, other than that, like what are your true good options out there as far as using some kind of geolocation app in a very quick way? Google Maps is pretty much the way to go, in my opinion. So they are not monetizing on that yet. It's completely free and they're selling to advertisers to highlight things on the map as of right now. But that would increase by itself the revenue of the entire company. just from that. So Google has these other assets that it could tap if it wants to. So the cost of these free services, quote unquote, is the time and attention that we give to them. This is how Alphabet is primarily able to monetize. So if they push the envelope too much, users will gradually move their attention away to free alternatives if they can. But it's kind of this delicate balance between capturing the mindshare of people and then monetizing that mindshare for example they have a ton of competition from companies like Amazon Apple or Microsoft so all these big tech companies are competing for your attention and Google is no exception so i think alphabet's biggest weakness is likely antitrust risk and that's just because it's become so dominant now antitrust risk that means that the company has created such a huge monopoly in its market that they are looking to limit the amount of power that the company has because the company does have a lot of power to manipulate markets and to move markets should it choose to do so because it has so much valuable data and information and other resources. So to me, that's the biggest risk for Alphabet going forward. is it's simply so big and so dominant that regulators will continue to find the company for different reasons and they threaten to break up the company at a certain point so when you have 90 percent global market share for searching for things on the internet you're going to get a lot of attention like that so i think that that is one of the risks for alphabet now the thing about alphabet though is they have become this integral part of modern life for so many of us because it finds the most efficient way to help people access knowledge. And that is truly incredible. Now, this is an increasingly important aspect of life and there are likely ways that the company will make money in the future that we don't even know about. The company has had a really good track record of innovating um, as we've seen evidenced by so many different products over the past decade or two. Now, as far as the stock goes, the stock trades, as I'm recording this, at around $3,000 per share. So the company is actually not that richly valued because it has earnings over over $100 per share. So if you divide the price by the earnings, you get a ratio of about 30, which is actually not too high for a company that is so powerful and still very fast growing. So it is a far better company than your average company and i believe it'll likely return cash to shareholders via buybacks in the future so there's a lot to like about this particular stock and this particular company so that's what i think about alphabet but i want to know what do you think is this stock worth buying or not let me know in the comments below And if you're hungry for more, I've created over 200 free podcast episodes on different companies already. So definitely click the link in the description to check that out. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next one.